we continue briefly on our series on the blessed disciple and this morning my God's great wants to look at a brief uh, message entitled the blessing of reconciliation I'll not keep you long so just follow me quickly and then we'll be gone out of this the blessing of reconciliation. Can we say that together? The blessing of reconciliation. And I'm reading from Romans chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Quickly, we share briefly on the dynamics of reconciliation and how you must rejoice because you are connected with God. Romans chapter 5, 1-11, New King James Version. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Whom he has given us. Verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Whilst we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if when we are God's enemies, we are reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. Amen. The blessing of reconciliation. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to go through your word. We commit our hearts to you in Jesus' name. Let the entrance of your word bring light to us, and may we live rejoicing in the many, many blessings that you bestow upon us, because we are your children. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the blessing of reconciliation. Another very important blessing the disciple enjoys is what I'm calling the blessing of reconciliation to your father or our father. <laughs> And this qualifies us, the disciples, to take our original position and continue in fellowship with our Maker. At the beginning of the year, we try to define who a blessed disciple is or to be blessed, what it means. And we said to be blessed means to carry and live a life of divine favor and benefits, delivered and sustained by grace 
through your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Through two things from that um, definition that you have as a result of your faith and trust and repentance that made you a child. Two of the things there is the divine favor and then there's the benefits. There's something we call benefits of your relationship with the Lord. And I'm saying that you carry it and you live your life with these benefits until the Lord calls you home. And therefore, to be reconciled to your God is indeed a big blessing to you and I who are now his disciples. And the key reason there is that my faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ and I trust that your faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is what makes you a disciple of him. What is this reconciliation we are talking about? To be reconciled is to be restored, to be re-established into fellowship with God through Christ after a period of what is calling separation due to sin. So those of us who are married, we know the issue, the concept of cold war. When there's an issue between you and your husband, there's something we call cold war. Those of us who are married, we know your face will be to the wall, her face will be to the wall. Answer to questions by nodding, no talking. But there's a time comes where there is re-establishments and reconnection after issues have been sorted out. In human terms, when we talk about reconciliation between two people, there is an element of accepting the separation, temporary separation, then there's the element of, I compromise more, you also compromise more. I don't like what you are doing. You two don't like what I'm But Let's compromise. Let's drop our guards, and then we carry on. So the two parties, or more parties involved, do some little compromises here and there, and we call it reconciliation and peace. They call it smoking of the peace pipe. But that one sometimes doesn't last for long. So in our context, we are looking at reconciliation with our maker, our creator. And that's why we are saying that it is to be restored or re-established into fellowship with your God through Christ after a period of separation due to sin. 
na ni ayere hwe yi de ni ayere hwe se ye ni awurade mu en kabom ebeba emapa se ne be ya obesan epeja ye na obesan ayeye foforo na ye ni awurade be nyankita hompa na ni nyinara enam kristo so na afei boni a ema ye mu tetewe no na afi eho amayen there are some dynamics of this reconciliation and i want to bring them to your attention the first thing is that this reconciliation in context with our god the first thing is that it is not a normal kind of reconciliation as between man and man. As I've explained earlier, between husband and wife, there's tension, there's temporary separation, but there's the need for us to talk, and then you compromise a bit. I also compromise a bit. I say, okay, I'll forgive you next time. Don't do that again. I say, I'll also forgive you next time. Put up your right shoes, and then we carry on. That's not what I'm talking about here. So God's reconciliation is not the normal kind of reconciliation in this context. Reconciliation between God and man. The gene there should be capital. Between God and man. I want you to take note that there are four things involved in this kind of reconciliation. I want to bring your attention to that. Please follow me. Four things, four issues involved in this divinely flavored reconciliation. The first thing is that man is separated from and is an enemy of God because of his sin. So you find in Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59, 1 and 2, you can write those texts down because of time, but God says that it is our sin that separates us from him. It is our sin that makes us enemies. Isaiah so man's sin separates him from God. Not that God is bad. Not that God is a sinful person. God is always righteous. He remains perpetually righteous. The problem is you. The problem is me. Because we are the guys, the women and the men who have sin in our nature. The second thing is that God who is good and God who is not the problem, he initiates the reconciliation process. He initiates it. Not that he's bad, not that he's wrong, not that he's at fault, not that he's sinful, but because of his love for us, he takes the first step and gives us the opportunity to come to him. 
no no to an among a edikai. If you saw no de bonny biara and in home, and you know so now how be a batan home. Now, mom, I bring you, I bring you now, and send you a bear man and young edding kita home and young kita with the panitino or no and not to a hose a pan home and among so for clear understanding. God sits up there and he sees his people that he has created and he's seen that. The, 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 the status of man's heart is so sinful, so sinful that they are separated from him. Because he's the Holy God, we are not able to come to him ourselves. So he needed to take a step so that he can give us the opportunity to come to him. You can read that in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. But let me read Romans 5. Romans 5, 6 and 8. It says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless. Powerless because we were engulfed and enshrined and sitting in sin and we are not able to redeem ourselves. It says, yes, you see, at, the, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. Verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. This is somebody who loves us and this is somebody who takes the initiative because he wants us to come to him because he created us and he loves us. Amen. So man is separated because of sin. God takes the initiative for reconciliation. Thirdly, the key means to this reconciliation is the death and the shed blood of his son. Romans. Romans 5 and verse 10. Romans 5 and verse 10. For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So his death and his shed blood, that is a very top-level sacrifice so that you and I can get reconnected with him because our sin had kept us very far from him. The blood and the death of Jesus. Please lift up your right hand. Christo, say, say blood of Jesus. Now I can say yes I thank you, Lord, for the blood. Say yes, me. Say it again. I thank you for the blood. 
that buys my reconciliation. The fourth thing that is involved in the dynamics of divine reconciliation with his people is that all that God has done can see the three things we've mentioned that he's given us the opportunity and you and I need to repent and take advantage of the opportunity that is given so that you can be connected with him. So anybody who repents, anybody who acknowledges sinfulness and says he believes in Christ and turns away from his sins is automatically reconciled to his heavenly father. And he, he comes back to his original state of relationship that he should be enjoying with his God. There are about a number of blessings that come when you are reconnected to God like that. I have four of them here, and they are all in Romans chapter 5. One, when you are connected with him like that, because you have repented and you have trusted him, automatically you are joined to him. There, you have peace with God. Everybody say, peace with God. Peace with God. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is this peace he's talking about? The peace he's talking about is that at your reconnection with him, the enmity because of your sinfulness is removed and then you are connected with him. Not dimension of the peace that you yourself who have given your life to him has been given that inward peace. The turmoil inside you, the uncertainty within you, the, the, the confusion within you, the purposelessness in you is removed and your system is settled because now you are connected with God. Lift up your two hands and say, I receive the peace of God. Say the peace of God. In Jesus' name. So, number one blessing is the peace with God. Number two blessing is in verse two, access to God. I think you heard a message on that last Sunday. You have access to God. It means that you can relate to him, you can call upon him, you can fellowship with him, you can worship him. Access. Originally, it wasn't so. Number three, you have salvation from condemnation. 
In verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath? Everybody say wrath. When God's anger visits you, you'll be nobody. So our salvation, our trust in him removes the wrath of God, the condemnation of God from our lives. And we walk blessed. Blessed. It's a big blessing, brothers and sisters, to be reconciled to your maker. So you have peace with him, access to him, salvation from condemnation, last but not the least, which I love very much. You become friends with him. Friends with your father, friends with your God. And you know what friendship means? Two people who are good friends enjoy their relationship. They do things together. And once God removes the enmity, casting the reconciliation, he takes away that enmity and you become his friend, which means you can commune with him, you can smile with him, you can play with him, you can worship him. He's your friend. Turn to somebody and tell him, learn to make God your body body. Make him your body body because he knows. That's the exciting part of Christianity. Christianity is not boring because you can relate to God. He can God 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 is a joker. God makes fun. And sometimes when we are praying, you are praying to God, you hear me, my wife will tell you, I'll be laughing. My wife will say, ah, God is laughing, so me to have to laugh. He's my friend. He's my friend. He's my friend. You are a blessed disciple, if you don't know. You are a blessed disciple because you can be friends with your maker. I want Amen. to give you, as I conclude, three very important practical responses to this reconciliation that God gives to you. Three of them. Number one, rejoice in your reconciliation with God. Because after all, where there is reconciliation, there is celebration. Where there is war and people begin to sit around the table and they settle their differences, sometimes there is party. You must rejoice as a child of God because you have been reconnected to God by your faith in his son. You must rejoice. Romans chapter 5 and verse 11. Not only, this, not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom 
We have now received reconciliation. You must rejoice. Make a conscious effort to celebrate your rejoicing, your, your reconciliation with your father. Amen. So accept and, and rejoice. Number two. Since he has reconciled you to himself, Second Corinthians chapter 5, 18 to 9 says, He has given to you the ministry of what? Reconciliation. He's reconciled you and he wants you to be his ambassador of reconciliation. What does it mean to be an ambassador of reconciliation? You must see yourself as God's agent of calling people who do not know him into reconciliation with their father. You must share the good news. You must share the love of God with the effort and the aim of getting them reconciled. There are many people around you, at your workplace, in your home, in your family, that need to be reconciled to their God. You are the chosen ambassador to do that. As I say, I just attuned Last but not the least, you must learn to carry an attitude of reconciliation. Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. I'm talking about attitude of reconciliation between us who are God's children. Learn not to keep things to heart. Learn not to keep bitterness in your spirit. Be the first to reconcile people who have done you wrong. Forgive and bear with one another and say, brother, you have done this to me. It pains me. But because God reconciled me and forgave you of my sins, I also forgive you. You must carry an attitude of reconciliation. To bring us to him. So you go to him. Instead of talking to other people, this brother has done this, this brother has done this. It spoils the spirit of unity in the body of Christ. We must carry, it should be an attitude. It should be an attitude. It should be an attitude, brothers and sisters, that you should be quick to reconcile. Quick to reconcile. <laughs> These are my closing remarks, and it's found in a quote by a man called Philip Yancey. Philip Yancey, I think it's there, we can read together. It says, Christian faith is basically about love and being loved and reconciliation. These things are so important 
They are very foundational and they can transform individuals and families. May the Lord bless you and give you grace Amen. to be a reconciler for his name's sake. Amen. Amen. Na di ye di ye, waya wusiamu, ibebi biara.